0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Final Whistle podcast from Southampton FC. I'm Kenzie Benali,
1: and I'm Steve Forbes and we're back again for post-match reaction to Southampton's FA Cup semi-final defeat against Leicester.
0: Joining us for this week's podcast we have former Saints captain Dean Hammond and Premier League Productions reporter Paul Belverston. Now Dean, the cup run is over, what will the emotions be like in that dressing room right now?
2: Yeah, there'll be obviously some disappointment, and the players will will be low um, because of the result, um, and potentially a little bit with the, with the performance as well. A lot of effort today, um, you know, the, the players have, have, have tried, um, but just that little bit of lack of, of quality or decision making has um, probably affected them today. So they'll need the experienced players to, and the manager and the coaching staff to to raise the spirits. Um, you probably sit with the emotion for a day or, or two analyze it as a group get past it and then you have to you you know games come thick and fast there's another game on Wednesday you have to move on very very quickly in the modern game but there will be some disappointment there for the players and just hopefully you can put it down from experience you can learn from it and the players will hopefully get another opportunity in their career in, in in the next couple of years so some disappointment but you've got to try and move on for it as quickly as you can.
1: Saints weren't at their best tonight, Paul. But was it more frustrating because Leicester probably weren't at their free-flowing best either, and were restricted to just one shot on target?
3: Yeah, absolutely. They uh, they seemed very beatable before the game, and there wasn't a great deal in the game to suggest otherwise, was there? And you know, I I often fall into this trap where I I sort of look at a game and I I get excited with England in World Cup quarterfinals, semi-finals, most recently, or or you know cricket teams what whatever it is just believing the hype a bit too much and i keep telling myself not to but i really did think saints were going to get to another final this year and uh, and i felt that they deserved more luck than they've had in in previous years as well the you know we spoke before the game about the efl final with the the goal that would have been allowed through var and you know they've they've had so many semi-finals and and finals, but only won that one major piece of silverware, the FA Cup back in '76. I thought the luck would be with them today, just to even things out, to start evening things out. And then Leicester again got the luck with the uh, with the only goal of the game. So, uh, so yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm I'm feeling really, in fairness, I'm feeling more gutted than I uh, I expected I would to be honest. But yeah, you know, I've uh, I've taken that pretty hard.
0: Yeah, it is definitely hard to take. But before we discuss tonight's defeat in more detail, here's how the game panned out, courtesy of BBC Radio Solent.
4: James Ward-Prowse leads Southampton out onto the pitch at Wembley, a place he has scored for England this year during his remarkable personal season. And it would be fitting if he could lead this Southampton team to the FA Cup final for the first time in a generation but Saints pick up the second ball and then Diallo's giving it away under hit it and that's a good ball in towards Vardy Force has gone back on his line and Vardy's chipped it over the crossbar Johnny Evans makes his way up again and Didi gets the header this time to the back post and Evans heads it up and then it's headed over the bar by Vardy now Bednarek almost got too close to Vardy again and he's turned him and he's got behind Bednarek and he's driven into the penalty on the left and he pulls it back and the shot and a second chance goes in Oh, it's unfortunate for Saints, but it's cup specialist that Kileshi Inacho has given Leicester the lead. Ten minutes into the second half. Tempted Walker-Peters into the shot, then he tried it anyway. It's ballooned off a player into the penalty area. Ings tried to hold it up. Armstrong chips it back across the box. Out to Diallo, who's fired it just over, and that was close. Terrific connection from Ibrahima Diallo. Good ball in field to Madison. He's got time to line this up from 20 yards, and he's put it wide, right-footed. And Forster oh. was flinging across to his right. Ward Prowse, right-footed, and that just about oh. sums up the night. He's hit it straight into the chest of Schmeichel, and Chris Kavanaugh sends Leicester
0: to their first FA Cup final since 1969. Let's start with you, Dean. What did you make of that performance?
2: Yeah, I think there will be some some disappointment and obviously some some, some frustration. Um, it was a very tight game, if I'm honest. A tactical battle. There wasn't too much in it. Um, not a lot of quality probably on display in, from either team, really, um, and kind of uh, nullified um, each other, especially in in the first half. Not many chances within the game, um, and. And if you look at it, really, Leicester got a little bit more fortune, um, you know, f- from the goal. It's really, really good play from, obviously, Jamie Vardy, shows his really good pace. Um, and then the first strike for show is actually going wide. It hits Vestergaard and just falls for him nicely. And I think the disappointment from, from Southampton will be when they did get into um, good positions, um, I think they either took the wrong decision, um, rushed the pass, or were just a little bit sloppy in possession. Um, and just couldn't quite get their attacking game going. There wasn't really any flow to it. There wasn't much combination. And I think that was probably down to um, good positional sense from, from Leicester. Um, I think they had their shape was very, very good. Uh, but not much in the game. I just think there will be a bit of disappointment from the Southampton players that they've come to Wembley and really not created a chance. Um, you can think, look at Diallo's volley, but it's a half chance. There's a few... Um, crosses are going, a few set pieces that are, are almost there, but it just didn't happen for Southampton today and I think probably if you look at it, Leicester probably just sneaked it.
0: Yeah, Paul, as Dean said, there wasn't really an awful lot for us to talk about. Uh, what did you make of that performance?
2: Just very disappointing.
3: It's such a shame, isn't it? Such high hopes going into it and then not a single shot on target in the full 90 minutes. It's, you know that's not good enough. Ralph won't be happy at all about that. None of the players will be happy about that. Um, unfortunately, because things didn't click, and whether that's down to the players themselves or maybe I almost absolutely believe it's entirely down to Leicester. Really, sort of uh, nullifying Southampton's threats, it has sort of left them open to a lot of criticism. I've just had a quick flick through social media which is always dangerous but there are accusations there already of oh you know the players were supposed to give it everything leave everything out on the pitch none of them did that you know no one wanted to win that semi-final more than the players out there and unfortunately for some reason it just wasn't one of their anywhere near one of their best performances of the season sometimes these things don't work because of the opposition sometimes there are other Reasons about it, you can never fathom why, and the players will be scratching their heads as well, and they will be shattered and crushed in that dressing room right now that that they didn't come closer to 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 at least having a a foot in the door at Wembley for the final. But yeah, that's not. It was a an absolutely forgettable first half. There were some improvements after the break, but all in all, it's not a game that you can look back with any fondness any any sort of sense of oh it was so nearly nearly there the game it just uh, for some reason didn't work today and it'll be uh, there'll be a lot of players coaches fans all over the world with Southampton scratching their heads late into the night wondering what went wrong today
1: Yeah, it was a shame. Well, Leicester's goal did seem to come slightly against the run of play at the time, Dean, but was it even more frustrating because Iñanacho's initial shot was looking to go wide?
2: Yeah, I think that is the frustration. Um, Like you say, Leicester got the fortune today to be able to score that goal, and um, Southampton, I wouldn't say it was a purple patch, but they were having a better spell within the game. Um, They were pressing Leicester, they were winning the ball back within Leicester's half and putting them under a bit of pressure and looked like they were kind of gaining a little bit of control, um, a little bit of, of tempo um, against Leicester without really creating the, any chances or hurting Leicester. They just locked them more, the team in more of ascendancy. But I think because they started to press Leicester, they left that gap. And obviously, when you've got Jamie Vardy with, with his pace, and um, he was one-on-one with Bendera And drifted wide. It was very clever and intelligent from, from Jamie. He played more on the left-hand side in the second half to try and isolate that position and just showed a really good turn of pace, put a good cross in. And and like you say, Steve, the first connection for Niacho is going wide, that there's no real danger. But Vestagel obviously can't react quick enough, tries to maybe move his leg, hits his hits leg and, and when things are going against you, it just falls perfectly. You know, it's a, it's almost a perfect set for himself to then finish into the, the bottom hand corner. Nothing that Fraser Forster could do, nothing that Ryan could do to try and recover. Um, and there wasn't much else in the game. You can look at Jamie Vardy had that potentially one-on-one first half. Um, James Madison came on and had, had a couple of shots, but nothing in the game. And I think it was today because of the way or the quality within the game. Whoever got that first goal was was really going to win, and unfortunately, it, it fell to to Leicester. But yeah, it's it just frustrating because that's when Southampton probably were getting that little bit of control um, within the game for the first time.
0: Well, Belvis, obviously, the Saints hadn't conceded a goal up until that point in the competition. How did you think we did defensively today?
3: Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Like Dean said, the. Um, Jamie Vardy was pretty, um, pretty contained as he went out looking for another sort of area in which to try and cause problems in. And uh, Acho, surely the most informed striker in the Premier League right now in all competitions. I think he scored 12 in 12. We heard the stat about how no one has scored more goals in the FA Cup since uh, the start of the 2015-16 season. So, with Jose Perez in there as well. Yuri Tielemans, I'm a huge fan of what he can do as well. And then you've got James Madison coming on. They've got fantastic threats going forward, but they too, they only had the one shot on target in the whole game. So that again, sort of points to the the idea that Saints actually did pretty well at the back. I think there was a a little bit sort of further forward where there was a a bit of an issue where passes seemed to go astray. saw Southampton losing possession a little bit more than we're we're used to and that often put them on the back foot and allowed Leicester to sort of push on but you know if, there's also been you know a little question mark over Jan Bednarek trying to nip in in front of Vardy to, to get that ball that led up to the goal but look at the number of interceptions he has managed successfully this season it's a it's a huge reason why when things work, they they work so well at the back there because they're they're cutting out the balls before the strikers get them. And, uh, you know, he, he still had his uh, his two colleagues in the middle to to try and uh, nullify Ian Acho And they would have done it if Lady Luck hadn't been smiling on Esther today. So, yeah, certainly at the back, no great
2: criticisms at all for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Dean, what was it that was that just wasn't clicking in an attacking sense for Southampton this evening?
2: Well, if you, if you look at the game, I think I agree with Paul. I think it was more down to Leicester. If you look at the game, Southampton had to go long quite a lot, you know, trying to play that ball in behind. I don't know if that was a, a conscious tactic from, from the team today, but they just couldn't play through the thirds. Leicester were forcing Southampton to play square and, and sidewards. There was opportunities, actually. I think one time, second half, Nathan Redmond got into a really good position on the half turn, kind of came into a number 10, and they're just hesitating on his pass. The his pass, Danny Ings had already made a run, had to stop and then make the run again, and he was offside. So I think it was just that little bit of indecision, um, maybe a bit of communication from the players. Stuart Armstrong couldn't really get in them positions where he's, he, you know, he's really dangerous, uh, where he's running at the back four and he's trying to slide passes in. He was kind of doing it from a deeper position. Uh, Walker Peters and Ryan Bertram, but first half, you know, they were playing pretty deep. But again, I think that was from Leicester's tactics. So Southampton just couldn't quite get the numbers of players in the right positions in the attacking third to be able to play those one-two-touch combination passes to try and get them behind. It was more deeper passes, um, which Leicester were quite comfortable with. So I think it was down to good tactical play from Leicester, a little bit of indecision and hesitation from the Southampton players and just one of those games where it just didn't quite click, to be honest. Um I think if you look in the game early on when Danny Ings was running at Leicester's back four, if he just got shot off, if he trying to have that extra touch to set himself, I think there was a couple of opportunities there where players could have taken a shot or a cross a bit earlier, just delayed it, hesitated and then had to come back out. So just didn't happen at all for the attacking players, unfortunately.
0: Well, as we wondered if Shea Adams might start in the end, he obviously came off the bench. How did the Saints do for you in an attacking sense? Because it was a game of few chances for both teams, as we've discussed.
3: Yeah, it just, it just didn't work, did it? Um, unfortunately, um, not sure how much more I can add to what Dean said, really. But unfortunately, it reminded me quite a lot of the sort of the mid to late December to um, probably a month, six weeks on from then when... When Saints really, really struggled to score and never really looked like scoring more than one goal, if uh, if they did score at all, and um, and then out of that, it just sort of it suddenly kind of clicked again, didn't it, with the FA Cup run? So it's one of those that you just can't explain and must be absolutely infuriating as a manager when some days, you know, you look at that the 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 hour against Burnley after the the nightmare opening, the way they were working together um, to create chances, to cause problems. It was just fantastic. They can't explain why the first half hour was so so much poorer than that wonderful um, last two thirds of the game. And when when they're analyzing this game, I'm probably talking out of turn because I have no idea about that world, but I I would just, it would keep me awake at night wondering what on earth has happened there? Why, why are things not working so well? Is it just because of what Leicester are doing? Is it just because, I don't know, one or two players? You know, it's such a team, Southampton. The, the, the mechanisms, the, when it works, it's because every single element of that machine is working in unison and is, is working sort of a split second quicker than if anyone needs to think about their job or where they need to go or, or anything like that it just it just happens and with the automatisms that the managers always talking about when it doesn't work and they they they're sort of striving to find another way through or to find a, a a move that will click everything else into gear that's i don't know how you solve that problem but that for next season and beyond that that's the you know what is plan b if everything isn't clicking automatically i guess because if they need to sort of find a way to work through a game, even if that's a possibility, I don't know. But that is something that I think they um, they will perhaps try to 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 work through going forward. Because when things work, it's fantastic. No one could live with Southampton. When things aren't working as slickly as they can do, what's the next what's the next idea?
1: Mm-hmm. Dean, how do you think Ibra- Ibrahim Diallo did? Uh, this evening. He seemed to be in the thick of the action throughout. He got booked after five minutes, had some neat touches, and obviously we addressed his, uh, his half chance as well on the volley. I
2: actually think he'd done pretty well today. Um, I, was, <laughs> I was personally worried for him when he got booked after five minutes. He started the game, um, he looked like he had a bit of nerves, obviously a poor touch and then a late tackle, um, but he recovered very well from that um, and showed really, really good discipline in his play. You know, because he would have had to have really concentrated in that position in central midfield, trying to win second balls, trying to win tackles, stay on his feet for the for the whole of the game. Because you think one mistake, he's going to get sent off. And he was he was pretty good on the ball. I think in terms of Diallo, he did his job well. You know, he's never going to be a player that's going to create things for you. He's going to slide balls through, but winning the ball back, winning second balls, keeping possession, playing nice touches. Um, passing simple passes I think he'd done pretty well and um, his strike on goal was excellent really good technique good connection just kind of drifted wide so probably one of the better performance performances uh, for for Southampton for him Um, but yeah just I just like the fact that he showed good mentality after getting booked so early because it could have quite easily gone the other way another late tackle and then he, he sent off after 20 minutes and then it's a really uphill struggle so yeah he did fine today.
0: Now, Belvis, perhaps a bit of a tough question, but a lot of Saints fans have been saying that the great cup run was keeping our season alive. Now we've exited the cup. What does that do for Southampton's season?
3: Um, I've got to be careful here because we want people to keep tuning into these shows, don't we? <laughs> um, it's, it's a tough way. It's been a very difficult season with um, the the short pre-season, the lack of fans, all that sort of thing. So, it's a kind of a, the, fir, the first job is to absolutely make sure that the club is safe because 36 points should be enough. But, you know, another win, maybe a bit more would be uh, absolutely guarantee that. There, there are a few little sort of subplots, you know, it'd be uh, I'm sure everyone will be looking to, to take three points in the week at Spurs after the, the game at St Mary's early on this season. It was very sort of out of character for, for what we expect from, from Ralph's teams. I think it's probably uh, um, the, the following weekend when Saints fans don't want to be buying any newspapers or anything because Leicester's first return to St Mary's since their last re- their last game there. A um, couple of you know, a game against Liverpool is always special, but generally, it's just finishing as high as possible, putting in some performances that that give. Reasons for optimism for next season as well. Um, they're not going to finish with 52 points like last season. They're not going to finish 11th unless there's a fantastic end to the season. So they, we, st- we still we still want to see Southampton finish with very positive signs and for reasons to to real really nail down the idea that it's progress from last season and not just because you know this has been such a horrible season with all the off-field um difficulties and everything but you know get up close to that points total from last season finish mid-table-ish again and then be able to point out that you know all these other positives on the pitch nail down a couple of uh, good signings in the summer and then everyone will come back hopefully into the ground in august for the new season with an awful lot of hope
1: Well, let's hear from Ralph Hasenhutl now. Here's what the Saints boss had to say after the game.
5: Disappointed because, um, yeah, with a little bit more luck, I think it was more possible today. Um, Finally, we saw a game that was very tight. Uh, Both teams were defending very well, not really creating a lot of chances, uh, but uh, we had a few ones. I think Ibra's shot was the closest, maybe. Um, Yeah, when when you're not scoring, then it's difficult, I think, to win. Uh, defending-wise, I must say it was it was our, one of our better games this season. Really, uh, only one time uh, they were through and or really had a chance. At, I think two times in the first half it was also one situation where Vardy was one against one against the goalkeeper. But we didn't give them a lot of chances, and it was definitely okay. And uh, how the goal happened was yeah, a little bit unlucky. I think it it's disappointing when such a goal decides such a game, such a tough game. What was a little bit missing was after the. Only in the last 20 minutes uh, that we are a little bit more calm on the ball and create chances. Uh, I think the belief was not really there that we can and then it was a lot of kick and rush. But okay, Uh, we tried everything. I think the guys had a good effort today and uh, really left everything on the pitch and for that I must say uh, I'm proud. Mm.
4: As you say, a game of very few chances. I mean, you got the players in at nil-nil at half time. The game was very much in the balance. Did you feel the game plan up to that point was, was working?
5: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, we played aggressive, a high line uh, against Vardy. is always a little bit risky, but uh, that was the reason why we had normally more possession, I think. Also, we were good in the game, we had uh, uh, a lot of ball wins in their half, very early ball wins. But this is the problem in the moment that when we have these early ball wins that we are not really... yeah. Good enough in transition. In the offensive transition, we were a little bit lacking in quality today. And, and then the final pass, the final dribbling, the final finish. We had a few good moments where we were dribbling on the back four, on the back five, and then and then couldn't finish or couldn't even shoot on the goal. And this is necessary. Then you 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 yeah, set a bit on the back foot. Uh, finally, tried a lot, uh, didn't score, and that's the reason why we were stepping out. Tottenham up next in the league, Dean. What are your
1: early thoughts ahead of that one?
2: A tough game. It'll always be a tough game against Tottenham. Um, but like Paul just mentioned there, it's it's a game or a fix you would look at as an individual player after the heavy defeat earlier in the season and think, OK, um, we don't want to, that to be replicated. Um, we want to put a good performance in. I think a reaction as well. I think you need the players need to probably Stewing this for one or two days um because the performance and obviously the disappointment from today, and then a the reaction put a performance in I th- you can never you can never judge what the result of it is. you can never control what the result is, but you can always control performance. you can control how much how hard you work, how disciplined you are, how much effort you put in and the players did that today look they tried hard that just the the quality was probably missing was that nerves, was that anxiety, was it the occasion? Who knows, and, and and it can happen. Only the players know that. But I think a a reaction and a good performance against Tottenham just keeps that spirits up. Paul's right. You need to finish the season strong because when you potentially haven't got anything to play for, you know another win. But you're playing for to start next season really well. That that's that that must be the focus now to give the club or the fans some hope and excitement going into next season you actually think you know what we finished the season strong we got to an FA Cup semi-final it's not too bad we make a couple of good signings in the summer and then you think we're well, a bit of optimism okay what can we do this season but I think it's just you have to forget about that deal with the disappointment and, and put a good performance in against Tottenham and the result will be the result
1: yeah well Tottenham are a side they've got their own day at Wembley coming up soon Paul um how do you think Saints can bounce back into that one?
2: Well, I watch
3: Spurs a lot, and I'm absolutely not convinced by them. And I watch Southampton a lot, and often very convinced by by them. So, yeah, I I can't imagine how much hurt the players will feel in the dressing room now. The bus back in the week, but they have had big disappointments in the past. They've put them behind them and reacted extremely well. So, that um, I have no doubts that they can go there on. Wednesday and and put in an excellent performance and come away with the three points, you know, Spurs are already moaning about this game being rescheduled then before the cup final. So, you know, that's, uh, that's not showing a, a terrific mentality, but, you know, there are, there are a lot of players at Saints in all the key positions. There aren't too many weaknesses there. There are a lot of players who will still feel that competition from their colleague who's desperate for their place. There will be a lot of players who are looking in the the transfer columns thinking, oh, this guy's been linked. There's a lot for them to play for. There's a lot of motivation still there. There's there are there's extra prize money for the clubs for finishing as high as possible and that sort of thing. So, you know, it's um it's often it's always struck me as as very insulting talk of um. All oh, the players have been on the beach and all that in their minds, they're already on holiday, that sort of thing. That's, that might have been the case 30, 40 years ago. These guys will go out on Wednesday and again at the weekend and in every game until the end of the season, putting in absolutely 100%. And um, I'll go back to what I said earlier about how there are already accusations out there that they, uh, they didn't try hard enough today. Absolute nonsense. They put in, Everything they've got in every single game. They will do that again every game until the end of the season and beyond, because there is no hiding place for a professional footballer these days. You cannot go through the motions and continue to work as a professional. It's just it just doesn't happen. So yeah, I think professional pride will kick in that they they're stung by today and they will want to put in a a big performance there. And I, I I have no doubts that they will give Spurs a, a very, very tough game on uh, is it Wednesday at the uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium.
0: Well, that's it for today's podcast. Thanks to our guests, Dean Hammond and Paul Belveston. We'll be back on Wednesday when Saints travel to Tottenham in the Premier League. See you then.